Hello and welcome to Speedway High School from the shadows of IMS. My name is Brian Hinch, joined by Cal Nendrip, Akeem Glasby. It's cold, but we're here. It is football weather. Boys, the playoffs are here. Uh, I know Kyle's excited. Kyle, Akeem, how are you feeling about the whole thing? I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm trying to stay warm right now. But uh, like I said, we're, we're it's football weather. We're football tough. So we're going to tough it out for the viewers. I don't like you speaking on my behalf in that department. Oh. I'm a big old chicken. Kyle, how are you? I'm good. Clark wanted to golf today, so that's the, he, that's the toughest guy around right there. Kyle, Clark was upset when we got a message saying the golf course was closed, even after. Clark, it's going to be snowing out. Ah, there's snow gear. It's fine. So that's where Clark's at mentally. He's digging it. I'm hating it. Akeem is football tough, and Kyle, well, he's Kyle. He, you know, Is that good or bad? I don't know. It's something. Rain, snow, Kyle's there with the knowledge. Um, two big games, a few big games last week, but the two that you guys covered, I think the marquee games of the week. Akeem, let's start with yours um, because it has implications for down the road. That being Brownsburg HSE, Brownsburg jumps out to their lead. Their starting quarterback gets injured, correct? And I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I was saying when we were walking in here, it's kind of a tale of two halves, so to say. Uh, Brownsburg was, their offense was moving well. Uh, they were up 21 to 14. Um, Whitaker, he hands off for a touchdown on his final play. He's limping. He's, I posted the video. He's like, he's trying to motion to the sideline that he's okay, but he's clearly in a lot of pain. He he hands off. Uh, Cheryl scores a touchdown, and then on the, the the following play, the backup comes in, and um, it was. Um, what's his name? Jake Dunn. Jake Dunn. <laughs> Jake Dunn. He actually looked really well on his opening drive. He had a long completion to Corey Smith, and they connect in the end zone for a touchdown to go up 28-14, to and those were the final points that Brownsburg scored. Uh, HSC outscored Brownsburg 17 to nothing in, in the second half. Uh, Dunn fumbles the opening snap of the third quarter, and it just kind of went downhill from there. They, they were kind of forced to be one-dimensional. Uh, Cheryl and Marcus couldn't get anything going really into that final drive. Uh, Brownsburg's final drive and that final drive it stalled because they couldn't punch it in they have to go for a field goal and that field goal is blocked and that kind of sealed the game for HSE so like I said it was a tale of two halves uh, with Whitaker Brownsburg looked good I mean the, everything was on time and the offense was running smoothly and, and that the, mobi the mobility that Whitaker had is, is also key for the running game because that kind of went away with, with Dunn in the game they couldn't really the option kind of stuff that they do the read options weren't really there so that slowed them down and again credit to HSE because I don't want to take anything away from them, uh, uh, Bradle and, and Ham Hamilton. The running, the, the the connection that they had was great. I mean, I know uh, Kyle wrote on Hamilton earlier before that week, and yeah, everything that Kyle said was was correct. He's a very big kid, but he's not a possession receiver. He has a lot of athletic ability that shows the his basketball background, the jump balls, the contested catches that he's able to get were really impressive. And he's yeah, everything of a power five receiver uh, that Kyle was saying. I know he doesn't have those offers yet, but I would expect those to come soon. So uh, credit to HSC. I mean, they definitely, uh, it was a kind of a statement win for that program. You know, talking to them after the game, it's like, well, no more HSEZ, no more Hamilton South Eastern. And I was like, well, who was saying that? And then uh, he's like, well, mostly, no, no, they're like mostly Fishers. But uh, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I, I, ne I never heard that. But, you know, that was a, a big win for Coach Kelly and the guys. And um, I, I don't see why they wouldn't be, you know, class 6A contenders, especially with the status of Whitaker, because, uh, again, uh, Jaden was on the sideline. Uh, 
ice on his foot and ankle area, and he was on crutches for the entire entirety of the second half. So, I mean, I couldn't – I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But I feel like he would definitely at least be compromised uh, against Ben Davis. So that's going to be a really interesting kind of thing, a development to watch because Dunn looked really impressive for a drive. And then it was odd, odd that he came out in the second half and looked a little bit like a little rattled, a little over his head at times. So maybe with this time to prepare that he can get kind of a good offense going and a good flow because, I mean, Brownsburg has weapons outside of the running backs as well. Corey Smith is mm. a very talented receiver as well. So I'm interested to see, you know, the ramifications of that injury and what Brownsburg can do with or without Whitaker. Kyle, your takeaways from the fallout, I guess, both injury terms and just the result of the game for HSC and Brownsburg moving forward. Yeah, uh, like Akeem said, Donovan Hamilton, one of the better uh, receivers in that junior class, one of the better players in that junior class. And he, you know, he doesn't have any offers yet. It's partly because he plays AAU, so he didn't get to go to the camps and the, you know, the stuff where you get, you know, seen on campuses and stuff like that. So I, I think that's the only thing really holding him back from getting those offers uh, because Purdue, IU, Notre Dame, uh, you know, other schools have brought him on campus, uh, and they, I know they like they like him, obviously, or they wouldn't. And Tom Allen's been at games. There's been other coaches at games. So, you know, obviously he's got a bright future ahead of him. But, yeah, I, I agree with Akeem. I mean, they were – you know, this is a team that deserves a lot of credit for going 9-0 and against the schedule they play. And it shows what Michael Kelly's been building there, uh, that confidence as a program, because – you know, there has been that, you know, that maybe that perception uh, from the outside of the past of them not being able to beat the toughest teams on their schedule always. And we'll find out. They still have to beat Fishers again. Uh, most likely they have to beat uh, Carmel or Westfield again to get to the state championship game, uh, probably Crown Point or Carroll uh, in the semi-state. So there are bigger games ahead. Uh, but to beat Brownsburg, even though, you know, with Whitaker being out, uh, says a lot for where they are as a program, I think. On the other side of it, I know Brownsburg, you know, they're a different team without Whitaker. I mean, clearly. And uh, you bring Jake Dunn in the game, who doesn't have a lot of varsity experience at this point. That's a tough you know, that's a tough situation to come into. Uh, and I've heard through the grapevine, I think Whitaker's, they're going to do everything they can to get him ready to play. And like Akeem said, I don't know, you know, what percent will he be? I have no idea. You know, it's hard to know uh, with an ankle and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's just, you know, they're going to have to have him uh, be able to do something against Ben Davis. You know, that Ben Davis team, you know, even with him, you know, they were within a touchdown of beating them uh, the first time they played him in the first game of the season. So, and Whitaker didn't have, you know, he, not one of his best games. He can play better, but even still, that shows you how close Ben Davis is anyway. So, you know, they, they're going to have to have him out there, I think, to have a chance in that one, even though they've got great running backs and, you know, a great, really a great offensive line. They're going to be able to run the ball on Ben Davis too, but you need that other threat of being able to throw. And uh, I would assume he's going to try to play, and we'll see. We'll see about that. But that obviously compromises their uh, chances, even if he is a little bit injured. But uh, it, it sets up really. I mean, if Brownsburg would have went, would have won, you know, we'd be saying, well, they're the clear number one. They're the favorite. Whitaker's not hurt, so that kind of throws a wrench into everything. With you know, who knows? I mean, I think I feel like it's wide open right now. Who does Brownsburg open with uh, in the playoffs? Is it Ben Davis? Yep. Yeah. First game. That's <laughs> another. That's another unfortunate byproduct of not seeding this thing. Because if you're Brownsburg, you open up with the lowest seed in that sectional. You yep. have an opportunity to rest your quarterback potentially, or you use him in a more limited role. It, it affects how you're able to use him and keep the kid healthy, and it sets up for for down the road where. Whereas, you know, who knows what happens against Ben Davis, even if they do win, because you still have a quarterback who didn't have that full extra week to recover and all that. And it just 
again, I know we keep beating the drum, but it just—it's so silly that it's <laughs> that it's not seen. It's really frustrating, and it's, and again, like it's not just the yeah. the best teams playing the worst teams. It's just how much the best teams in Ben Davis too. Obviously, he's being punished for you know playing a tough schedule. There's no reward for it. There's no there's no point to winning or losing during the regular season. It all matters at the end there, and in the other sports too, it's even more asinine just because you consider how short the seasons are for some of them, you know, and then again, no benefits to winning or losing, and, and, and we see it play out the way it does. But that's that's neither here nor there, I suppose. Well, and something that's not brought up often that I think about, too, is you get, you know, you get the extra weeks of practice, you know, the time just to, you know, to, to practice and develop, even in practices, you know. So Ben Davis or Brownsburg will be done on October 28th, you know, and, they, and even by having a great season, they don't get to continue practicing. You know, that's mm-hmm. once your season's over, you don't get to practice anymore anymore so that's another thing you get a you know if you should be rewarded I think for having a good season and getting extra practice kind of like the bowl game you know sort of that sort of thing but you know that and that's probably down the list on the reasons to see but it's another thing I was you know I've talked to coaches about too is you know man we're out by not even November we were nine and one we're out of the (laughs) oh absolutely yeah that's the way it is in soccer too where this year you had the two number one teams in the state were bounced you know our top two teams in the state are bounced in the early rounds with HSC girls and 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 uh, the Zionsville boys and the Zionsville girls got bounced in sectionals too. It just it's befuddling, it's baffling, and I wish something would change. But in talking to people, it doesn't seem like there's any any appetite, at least not enough appetite, to change it. So that's unfortunate. And and one more kind of bit of irony that Kyle mentioned uh, to us earlier that. Um, Brownsburg is going to its backup, but that backup used to be Ben Davis' starting quarterback yeah. and Thomas Kotkowski. So that's a little bit of irony that, you know, in an alternate universe, it could be Thomas Kotkowski's time to shine, and he's playing against Brownsburg now in the opening week. So that's just kind of some football irony there, so to say. That's a good way to bring it full circle. I like that. We can talk more about that next week. That'll be uh, that'll be interesting how be, all that plays out. That'll be fun. to. That's a yeah. fun storyline. Mm-hmm. Akeem had the game, I think, with the most long-term implications. Kyle, you might have just had the game of the week with the finish that you had there between Cathedral and Center Grove. I'll let you, you tell us about what happened there. Yeah, but it was, it was uh, you know, didn't see it coming. I mean, it was 29-13 Center Grove. They had dominated the second half. Uh, Cathedral wasn't playing well. You, you know, I was sitting up there kind of wondering, like, what's what's wrong with Cathedral? You know, maybe that's that's the story I'm going to write for Monday's uh, column. Is like, you know, what what's going on? They just weren't playing well. weren't moving the ball. Uh, some interceptions that a couple of them weren't necessarily O'Neill's fault, but you know, the first one was the second. The, the second, third were sort of uh, you know tip pass, you know, tip type of things. But you know, it was a. Uh, you know, Center Grove's about to go in. They're on the one-yard line, 29-13, and fourth and one, they don't get it. And then you're thinking, well, even still, they are backed up to their one, nine minutes to go. You know, they're still in pretty good shape. Well, the leader goes right down the field, scores. They get a stop on the next possession, block a punt for a touchdown. All of a sudden, it's 29-26, and you're like, man, that's a game now. You know, it's, it's on. Uh, Center Grove goes back down the field, and it looks like you know the running the running game really cranked up with Coyle and, and Thomas and both in the second half. Thomas, by the you know he would have been the story of the game. He, he had an interception, a punt return for a touchdown. Uh, ran for you know close to 100 yards. Just had all round. He had a great game, and, and unfortunately, you end up he becomes a non-story because of the way the game ended. But he, you know I thought he played great. But Cathedral ends up getting a stop. Uh, they get the ball back, and then fourth and ten, O'Neill hits Jerron uh, Tibbs over the middle, and it was just a laser, a great pass. I mean, I watched it back on video a few times, and he put it just as Tibbs was breaking his route. He hadn't even really broke yet, but uh, you know, just put it on a line drive. It 
yards in the air on a, on a rope. I mean, and Tibbs caught it, got about 33 yards, I think it was. The next play, uh, O'Neill steps up in the pocket, hits David Ayers over the top on that post pattern. That was sort of a jump ball sort of situation in the end zone. Ayers, 6'4", you know, comes down with it. And that's, that's, you know, basically it. You know, they get another stop, uh, interception, basically on Center Grove's next play. And then they run the little pop pass. But the, uh, Center Grove was trying to use their timeouts. So they ran another play. Uh, Wooten then takes it to the house. So big, big, uh, Brandon Wooten, just such a, you know, he had a great game as well. And again, he was probably not, I didn't probably didn't feature him enough either, but did talk to him after the game. But, you know, he, he ends up going 60 yards for a touchdown. And that's 40 to 29. It ends up out of nowhere, uh, 27 points in the fourth quarter in nine minutes. And it was really something that uh, you don't see happen to Center Grove uh, ever almost. I mean, that, that the way they were running the ball, I was like, man, this is like vintage Center Grove. You know, they cranked it up. Defense was getting stops. You know, they dominate second halves a lot of times with the running game through the years. And then uh, it was just weird. I mean, it's, it's uh, like I said, you don't see that happen very often. Uh, Credit Cathedral, they, they came away and talking to O'Neill and, uh, and uh, Bill Peoples, they felt like, man, we didn't even play. We played poorly for a good chunk of that game, you know. So we feel like there's more out there uh, if we can play a better game. I'm sure Center Grove obviously feels the same way. <laughs> so, And honestly, I think if both teams play again, I think both teams will play better and it'll be even a better game. Uh, you know, but that was that was a great game anyway. And it was it was uh, you know it was just a, a great app. You know, it's, it's uh, you know the last three years it's been a really fun rivalry. Those teams really get after each other. There was a little uh, jaw jacking in the line after the game. You know, nothing terrible, but what you expect. And uh, you know, um, I thought it was a just a, a, a good game that uh, you know kind of sets and like we said earlier makes things more interesting as we head into the sectional now. And Eric Moore was not that displeased, by the way. Yeah. He was he was like, he's one of the, the chip-on-the-shoulder type guys. Like, uh, we needed – I'm sure he didn't want to lose, obviously, but maybe this is what we needed. Maybe the kids need to feel that before we get started. Yeah, gives them a sense of what – you know, how it feels when things go wrong like that. And, too, I mean, it'll be fascinating going into a potential rematch, just the mental side of things. Like you said, Cathedral didn't play well. They found a way to win. Center Grove let one get away. Mm-hmm and didn't play well enough to win at the end, but played well enough to win at the beginning. So it's a, it'll be a fascinating chess match on the mental side of things moving forward. It felt like Center Grove figured something out defensively in the third quarter, and they weren't, you know, because Cathedral's running game is, is sort of hit and miss a little bit, mm-hmm. and they were just playing the pass, and they, they defended really well uh, up until when Danny O'Neill had to make plays. He made great passes, and he's got great receipts. I think Akeem talked about it last week is, you know, Wooten, uh, O'Neill or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Tibbs and uh, Ayers, all big targets. And they got another tight end, uh, name's escaping me right now, but they've got four guys who are like 6'4 or taller who, <laughs> you know, they're they're hard to cover. And uh, I thought Center Grove, for the most part, did a pretty good job until the fourth quarter. For both of you guys, any other games jump out to you from last week before we get to picks? Uh, we, we mentioned before we started talking the Carmel LC game, you know, Carmel uh, bounced back from that Warren Central loss and uh, got right against LC 27 to 7 and you know that was more in line I think with maybe the Carmel we expected last week against Warren so defensively they're really good I mean they are one of the better defensive teams and that passing game you know Reese Bellin and uh, uh, Jack Kazmierzak got you know hooked up a few times in that game to uh, keep the offense going and you know so that was that was one that kind of stuck out to me I thought that'd be a little closer of a game. 
Keem, anything? No, I think Kyle wrapped it up. I think Kyle wrapped it up well. That was kind of the, the biggest one that stood out to me last week. I feel like like the players, we're just kind of ready to get to sectionals at this point. Yeah, I think so. I mean, everybody, once the draw comes out and we had our show, uh, everybody's sort of like, you know, all right, let's go. Let's, let's go. So that's where, we're at. that's where we are now for sure. We have some unfortunate news to pass along, and that is that Akeem <laughs> last week went 7-3, and, and three, which is respectable. That's a great record. Unfortunately, Kyle went 8-2, <laughs> and two, so Kyle has retaken the lead going into the playoffs. Um, Akeem, we're excited to hear how you respond to this. But Kyle, as as the winner last week, I'll let you have the floor first. Well, yeah, I mean it's uh, <laughs> it, it, it's uh, you know I don't want to say too much. You know we still have some season to go, but I think the the rightful leader, after letting Akeem get a little bit of a lead, uh, kind of once a play once late October, you know we start to find out who the real victor is. Akeem, your response. I mean, like I was saying, it's it's a long season. We've got several weeks ahead. You know, Kyle is kind. Of, it's like the kind of the, the tortoise in the air. I feel like Kyle's kind of feeling himself a little bit. So I'm just going to sneak up behind. You know, slow and steady. And by the end of the season, we'll see who the real winner is. That's a good analogy, but I feel it's a little muddled. I can't I can't decide who should be the tortoise in this analogy. I thought I was the tortoise because I was behind all year. Yeah, I know because so Kyle well, Akeem now, raced out to the lead, but now Akeem right. is the tortoise. Well, no, Kyle has the lead now, so that makes okay. him the hare. Okay, so this is this is a fluid metaphor. Yes. Okay, I like it. I like it. That's that's wonderful. Well, it's Ned and Tober. Hopefully, it'll lead to Glass Fember. We'll work on those. We'll, we'll workshop them. We'll, we'll make some. We'll make some shirts <laughs> okay. and uh, sell those. Uh, let's start off next week with New Palestine nine and zero at Mount Vernon six and three. A rivalry game to start off sectionals. Kyle, why don't you start us off? Yeah, that's actually the game I'll be at Friday night, so uh, looking forward to that one. I mean, it was 42-6 to last time. I mean, in, in, in Mount Vernon, the defending state champs, you know, they still have guys who played on that team, on this year's team, uh, like George Buren and, and uh, Eli Bridenthal, and they, you know, obviously have a lot of pride, you know, it, but at the same token, they haven't, they've struggled to stop teams this year. They've given up a lot of points on average. And this new pal team is just a juggernaut. You know, even though this is a rivalry, and I expect Mount Vernon to come out and really, uh, you know, give everything they got and throw everything they can at, at new pal, I just have a hard time seeing new pal really uh, being able to be stopped. And, you know, you look at, uh, you know, what they've done all year, and Isaiah Thacker and Blaine Nunnally, we haven't talked much about them because, you know, we talked about uh, Tippett and, and their offensive line and, and, uh, and uh, Grayson. Uh, Thomas at running back, but you know uh, Thacker has almost 700 receiving yards, and Nunnally almost 500 receiving yards. So, and obviously Tippett's got to get him the ball, but you know those two—that's that's sort of a difference from this year's new pile, maybe to other years where they've got these playmaking receivers. Uh, so they can move the ball, ground, air. They've got a good defense. Uh, so, with all that said, I'm definitely uh, taking new pile on this one. Akeem? Yeah, no, I think Kyle pretty much. You know, summed it up great. You know, just from the two times that I've seen New Pal, just a complete team at every facet of 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 the game. You know, offense, defense, all three levels, uh, passing and running on offense. So, yeah, I'm going New Pal as well. Garen Catholic five and four, deceptive five and four. Obviously, the schedule that they play, traveling to Oak Hill, which is undefeated at nine and zero. Akeem? Yeah, Oak Hill runs a triple option rushing attack, and you know that can always throw a wrench into you know your plans when you have to prepare for that. Uh, obviously, they have some time to do it, but uh, the, their running back Kyle. Turn trick 
Tarantric. Tarantric, yeah. I apologize, Kyle. 190 <laughs> yards per game and a whopping 35 rushing touchdowns oh. heading into the season or heading into this game. So uh, clearly they can get it done on the ground. Um, but at the same time, uh, Malcolm House uh, from Garen has been kind of adding some stability at quarterback for Garen. So um, I'm going Garen. Kyle? Yeah, I watched. So yesterday I was doing you know some sectional uh, preview stuff, and I watched a Tarantic in that offense, and he is super, he's really fast. I mean, he's he looks like the real deal as a running back. Uh, but they don't play the schedule that Garen does overall, you know. So I mean, it's a cool thing for Oak Hill play home at home, and I'm sure their crowd, you know, the little town is going to be really excited. And I you know I give that I think this is a close going to be a close game. Uh, but Akeem mentioned uh, uh, Malcolm House has come in, done a nice job for Ryan Zimmerman since he got hurt and is out for the season. And then uh, Will Fremion, the receiver, is almost at 1,000 receiving yards against a really good schedule. Uh, so I'm going to take Garen, too. But uh, like I said, this would be a fun game to see. And, and I like these offenses that like Coke Hill's got where it's something a little different than the spread. And I was just kind of wasting time watching their, <laughs> watching their offense. It's kind of fun to watch. But uh, I'll take Garen. Next game for us, Lebanon, 6-3 and three at Mooresville, 7-2. and two. Kyle, who are you picking there? Yeah, so this has been a, a rivalry game uh, over the years, like the uh, first or second game of the year going back uh, probably almost 30 years. Uh, they didn't play this year, though. The, the series ended, so this kind of revival of uh, what we used to see uh, with that rivalry. And Lebanon's done a nice job this year. Uh, Jeff Smock, their coach, this will be the first time they've won back-to-back -back winning seasons. Uh, since I think it was uh, 15 and 16, I believe. So it's been a while. They're on uh, solid footing. And if you look at their uh, top players, their, their quarterback, Landon Fouts, is a senior. But a lot of the guys who are major contributors are sophomores and juniors. So they should be good again next year. Uh, and all that said, I'm picking Mooresville because uh, they have Nick Patterson on their team. And I think they're going to start getting some guys back in the lineup here. They've, they've really leaned on Nick a lot. He's got 1,000 rushing yards this year. Uh, in addition to everything he does passing. So, you know, that's a lot to lean on one guy. And I think this is going to be a good game. I don't think, Le you know, Lebanon plays uh, a schedule that's maybe not as uh, heavy as like a mid-state conference, but they play in the Sagamore, which has got good teams like Western Boone, Tri-West, uh, you know, Danville, teams like that. So I, it's going to be a good game, I think, but I, I like uh, Mooresville to move on. Akeem? Yeah, I agree. Kyle, again, rep summed it up very well. You know, Nick Patterson's having a great season and getting it done through the air and the ground. So, so it'll be hard to pick against them. So I'm going Mooresville. Akeem, Tri-West 7-2 is traveling to rival Danville at 3-6. and six. Yeah, uh, these teams met earlier in the season. I believe Tri-West needed 15 points in the fourth quarter to come back and win that game. Um, they're kind of trending in, in two different directions. Tri-West has three wins in a row. Uh, Danville is actually on a two-game losing streak. So with that being said, I'm going Tri-West. Kyle? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Tri-West is the team here. Danville's, I think, lost, what, two, what do you say, two in a row, and I think four out of five now. So, you know, they're uh, they're young in some spots. And, and But, again, this uh, a lot of these games that we talk about are you know, like New, New Powell, Mount Vernon, this one, uh, rivalry games between neighboring towns, and, and that usually results in close games and a lot of emotion. And I think this is going to be similar. I don't think Danville's going to let Tri-West just run away with it. They only lost by three uh, during the season. But, I think Tri-West, that experience of going to the semi-state last year, uh, they know how to kick it up a notch, and I think they're going to uh, move on. Heritage Christian 5-3 and three, travels to Northeastern 8-1. and one. First of all, where's Northeastern? And second, Kyle, what's your pick? Northeastern's over, uh, if you're going to Richmond, sort of over that way. So that's a long trip, and, and normally these sectional games aren't 
Now, some of them are, but normally they're not this long of a of a trip. But uh, and I had this written down. North Northeastern has a quarterback, uh, Carson Terrell, uh, almost 2,000 uh, uh, passing yards and 27 touchdowns. So. You know, that's obviously how they uh, move the ball well is through the air, but so does uh, Heritage Christian. So it's sort of one of those games. Luke Valerio, uh, 800 receiving yards. That's almost half of their total uh, passing uh, reception yards. So, you know, that should should be a fun game. Hopefully the weather's nice. Those teams can air it out and it uh, should be a high-scoring game. I'm going to take the road team, uh, Heritage Christian, to win. I think this game might decide who wins that sectional. Uh, these are look like the two best teams in that in that group in 2A. So, uh, and neither one of them have uh, have won one in a little while. So th- this would be interesting to see who wins this game. Kim? Yeah, like Kyle was saying, we got a talented quarterback on the other side. And Kyle Antoine, obviously, at Heritage Christian is another talented quarterback, a senior. That's kind of what you want in, in these type of games. And Valerio and the other receiver, Christian Dora, is also having a great season as well. So uh, I'm going Heritage as well. Speedway, 5-4, and four, that's where we are right now. But they're going to be on the road next or this Friday. They're going to North Montgomery also. Four, five and four, Akeem. Yeah, and uh, again, like we said, this this game similar to Brownsburg could be about injuries. Um, Speedway's last two losses came without DJ McPherson. I know there's, I mean, he might play. He's battling a, a collarbone clavicle injury. So if, if he plays, I, I really like their chances. Without them, I, I would imagine this is a toss up. But I'm going to think that you know, in a winner go home situation, McPherson's going to want to be out there. So I'm going Speedway. Kyle? I thought we might differ on this one, but we're not. I, I took Speedway, too. Uh, McPherson, you know, he I talked to him a little bit over uh, text, and he said he's going to try to play uh, if, uh, you know, if ever, if he gets clearance, basically. So it's not up to him, clear, uh, obviously, completely. But, uh, but yeah, they, they need him out there. But they also, you know, they're, they're a, a team that's got a good passing game with, uh, with Carter Watson. has been pretty good all year as a junior. Uh, but you need a player like him out there, I think, if, if you're going to have a chance. And North Montgomery, uh, they're a defensive team. Like, they, they, they hold you down pretty well defensively. They beat Danville 8-6 to six last week. Uh, so that's how they want to play you. They want to run the ball and, uh, and make it hard on you. And uh, I thought, shoot, I, I thought I had their leading uh, tackler down here. But they're, they're really a, a good team defensively. So that will be a struggle in, in Speedway. They're playing up a class this year after being 2A. They're going to 3A, so this is a little bit of a jump for them as one of the smallest 3A schools in the state. But uh, I'll take the spark plugs. We're out here at Speedway, so <laughs> we can't really pick against them. Pendleton Heights, 5-4, and four, travels to Greenfield Central, 6-3. and three. Kyle, who are you picking in that one? Yeah, I had uh, Greenfield in this one. It was 35 nothing early in the year. Uh, and I don't, th- and they ran for 400 yards in that game. I think Pendleton Heights has been playing a lot better. I don't think it's going to be a complete uh, mismatch this time around. Uh, but if you give up 400 rushing yards, I kind of question if you're going to be able to stop, you know, Greenfield Central. And and they do it really well. Uh, you know, they they've been all year. They've been a, a good running team. And I just think, uh, you know, the way they've played for the majority of the season, I think they're going to uh, be okay in this one. Kim. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, their offense is good and the defense has been playing very well all season long, uh, allowing only 18 uh, points per game. Uh, leading tackler Brad or Jacob Hinton and Brad Allen is another. He was a kind of a, a preseason super team guy, so very talented on defense. So I'm going Greenfield. Akeem, we got for Buff Jesuit five and three traveling to Northview six and three. Yeah, we when again we talk about passing attacks, and this one's kind of been in transition with Nolan Buckman moving to receiver. But uh, when, when I saw Burbuff play, I mean, I, I like kind of the, the, the trickery that, that they can have with Buckman at receiver, lining up at running back with some reverses, and you know, kind of option passes that they do with Matt Maverick uh, at quarterback now. So uh, I like Burbuff. 
Yeah, I want to mention Finn Walters uh, for Burbuff. Nine and a half sacks this year. So that, that defense is really uh, gets after people. And they play a good schedule. You know, I know Kimi saw him play Cathedral. They played some really good teams uh, all year long. Uh, Northview, they, traditionally, they've been a strong program here the last several years. Uh, Kyle Cochi, their uh, quarterback, has 1,300 uh, rushing yards. So they like to run the quarterback a lot. Uh, but Burbuff, just the stronger team. I'm going to take uh, Burbuff to, to win. Move on. Kyle South Putnam travels to Lutheran. Putnam comes in at seven and two. Lutheran obviously undefeated. Yeah, South Putnam's one of the best one uh, A teams in the state, and they still may be you know, they may be blown out in this game. You know, not to say you know they they have had a great season, a strong program, but uh, Lutheran just seems so far ahead of everybody uh, in one A. Maybe Adam Central up north, maybe a team that can hang with them. Uh, maybe Covenant Christian, who knows them pretty well, they could see them later on in the sectional. Uh, but man, I mean, it's just been week in and week out. They're beating teams that are two A and three A. I mean, it's just it's amazing and easily. So other than Cecina, which was a close game, but but you know, other than that, man, they have just uh, been putting it on people. So have a hard time picking against Lutheran. Yeah, um, again, Kyle summed it up well. And even that Cecina game, Jackson Willis got it done when he, when he needed to with a lot of great throws. I mentioned before, he's been one of the most impressive quarterbacks that I've seen in regardless of class. So I'm going Lutheran as well. Again, we rounded out here with Park Tudor, 6-3, and three, traveling to Clinton Prairie, 5-4. and four. Yeah, um, Park, uh, Park Tudor, DJ Gordon, you know, I, we talked about Nick Patterson earlier, dual threat quarterbacks. He can get it done with the, his, his arm, his arm uh, and his legs. Uh, I really like the season he's having, so I'm going Park Tudor. Kyle? Yeah, I, I, he had a big game last week. I forget his numbers offhand, but had a, had a huge game passing-wise. Uh, Clinton Prairie has been a team that uh, they have, I think, lost uh, four of their last five coming into this one. Uh, so, you know, it's I think I'm going to take Park Tudor. I think they're going to potentially have a chance to win this sectional, which they haven't done in, I think, 2005, if I remember correctly. So, you know, they, they're, they're a sectional change a little bit. They don't have Lutheran in there anymore, so that makes it uh, more doable for them. But uh, I like Park Tudor, and that means we – we're, I'm going to be ahead next week by one. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler from Ned Rip, but we can confirm that Kyle is projected to have a ma- maintain a one-game lead going into next week. Um, I thought that might happen because really this week you don't have any 5A, 6A. Yeah. And some of these, I tried to pick the 10 best games, but there's just a lot of uh, – it looks pretty uh, you know, pretty easy to pick the games. Other than Speedway, North Montgomery, but we both pick Speedway. A little room for uh, parity there this week. We'll see what happens. The boys could come out of this undefeated. They might not win in a single game, which would be <laughs> kind of more impressive than getting them all right, if I'm being That'd be honest. amazing if we went 0-10. That <laughs> would be kind of remarkable. <laughs> kind of want to see it happen, actually. Uh, before we get out of here and back into the warmth, um, Akeem, what do you have coming up this week? Yeah, so I've got um, some – I'm working on a – wide array of stuff. I got some wrestling preview stuff, uh, college basketball preview stuff, and Colts uh, at the end of the week. So they're, they're on the road, so no game action, but just some uh, daily stuff coming. Kyle? Yeah, we're working on our basketball stuff, as you know, and I know you have stuff this week, actually, for basketball, but uh, we're starting to get that all figured out. I've got a story coming uh, on uh, IPS, Short Ridge Football, uh, should be out this week, predictions. Uh, i got another story I would want to make sure it happens first but should be a good one next week coming uh midweek um so yeah i mean it's uh and i'll be out at mount vernon uh, new pal for that game friday night and uh yeah so other stuff too that i'm not thinking of offhand but uh, that's enough oh and, and i'll be at lebanon more as well 
Good stuff, good stuff. We have lots of uh, basketball stuff happening behind the scenes coming for next week for me on the girls' side. They start in 13 days as the time we record this, which is remarkable that it's here that fast. Uh, we'll have that. I'll have a viewer's guide because it's a busy weekend coming up, obviously, with uh, regional volleyball, semi-state soccer. We're going to have Kyle down covering Center Grove Carmel girls, I think. Um, we'll have somebody covering the triple header up in Kokomo on the soccer side. I will be, and then I think Evansville is helping us out with the three games. You know what is fun is that three Indianapolis area teams travel to Evansville North to play three Evansville teams. So just you couldn't have asked for more neutral sites, obviously, <laughs> which makes you know a ton of sense. Uh, anyway, we'll have that. I'm going to cover some volleyball. I think the nightcap will be in Noblesville, and then during the day I'm probably going to go over to Greenfield Central, check out Yorktown Brownsburg. And then uh, Cathedral, Brownsburg, Yorktown, Buff. Yorktown, Buff will be really good to start the day. Um, and then the evening, I'm expecting that we'll get HSC McCutcheon. Um, so we'll get a match between the two best teams in the state to, to close out the day on Saturday. So we'll have plenty of stuff coming from you for you from all three of us. Uh, we thank you all so much for watching. For Clark, for getting us on Speedway, for hosting us. We'll be back with you all next week.